Welcome to The Complete Angler, your source of information on the outdoor industry in central Canada. With over 35 years in the field, host Don Lamont covers topics and issues with industry leaders and influencers to bring you up to speed on what's happening in the outdoor world. And now, here's your host, Don Lamont. Our guest on today's show lives in the heart of Muskie country, northwestern Ontario. Glenn and his wife Kyla reside in Vermilion Bay with their three daughters. Kyla manages the famous Bobby's Sport Shop there, and together they operate 54 or bust guide service. A legal muskie in this part of the world would measure 54 inches, thus the name. Glenn and Kyla McDonald are regular contributors to Hook Magazine, and you can find their work on our website. Both have an intense passion for fishing, with muskie on the top of the list. They also recently added a new line of apparel, named, of course, 54 or Bust. Hey, Glenn, welcome to the Complete Angler Podcast. Great to see you. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Well, as I mentioned in the, in the intro, Glenn has been writing, us, writing for us for about three years now. Is that correct, Glenn? Uh, yeah, I would believe it would be right around the three-year mark. Yeah, we, we met at a show in Winnipeg, and I asked Glenn if he'd be interested in writing for Hooked, and lo and behold, he's, uh, he's, been, a, he's been a great uh, asset to the magazine, Glenn, I, I must mention. Well, I appreciate that, and I do look forward to writing, and I think being in northwestern Ontario where we are, we bring a unique approach to the magazine, and then again, being in the musky world where I primarily live, I think that's another unique angle for the magazine that uh, maybe some of the readers, even if they don't fish for muskies, it's always cool to see big musky pictures. Everybody gets a kick out of that kind of stuff. Well, they sure do. And, and uh, you know, they're, they're not popular in this part of the world because we just don't have them. So Northwestern Ontario was blessed with some of the best musky water in the world. And your last article in Hooked was about the tiger muskie. Talk about that a little bit, how unique that fish is. Well, that is very unique. And I think as the article said, we call it the unicorn of the Esox world, which it really is. And for a lot of people that fish for muskies, it's one of those bucket list fish. Everybody wants to catch a tiger muskie. And we're very fortunate in Northwestern Ontario. We have a high percentage of lakes that have both Northern pike and native muskie populations. And because of our location, we get a lot of years where their spawning times and areas will overlap, which leads to the tiger. And for us, we probably catch, in my boat, probably 25 to 30% of our muskies are tiger muskies on any given year. So we're real fortunate that way. And I know a lot of people come up to our area specifically with the hope of catching a tiger muskie. So it is a really unique fish. Well, let's back up a little bit. Glenn, tell me how you got into fishing, first of all. Well, I think like anybody that grew up in Northwestern Ontario, you, you learn to ride a bicycle and you learn to go fishing with your dad or your, you know, your family. I don't even really remember when I started fishing. I just know that that was a big pastime for my family. We always had a boat. We have a family cabin on Blue Lake, which is a popular recreation lake. And we we're just always fishing and just always enjoyed being outside. It was simpler times back then when I was a kid. You made your own fun. If you had a fishing rod and a couple twister tails, you were good for a day and, and we enjoyed it. Yeah, I can I can relate to that. Pretty much the same story on my end. 
how did uh, how did how did this translate over? Uh, we're going to talk about pike fishing today, but uh, I wanted to ask you this: uh, How did you become obsessed with musky? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's uh that's probably a a long answer, but I'll give the short version. <laughs> I don't think anybody specifically goes looking to get obsessed with musky. It's one of those things that I think when you catch one or two and you see and you feel what they can do, that's where that passion grows. It, it's just, it's so unique in the fishing world. But for me, I don't remember my first muskie. It was probably an incidental catch with my dad. We probably, dad probably flipped it off the side of the, the outside of the boat, just kind of broke the jig head or whatever the case was, is a, a lot of us in Northwestern Ontario. But as I got a little bit older and I lived on Indian Lake chain for a number of years and the people that lived beside me, they rented out their cabin to some Americans, but one group come up one year and they were diehard musky guys. And they asked if I could show them around the lake, basically guide them, but I didn't really know much about musky. So I took them to what I thought were the good spots. We caught some fish and they got, they let me use some stuff. I ended up catching the fish. So I was pretty hooked on it after that. So over time, I probably spent like 5% of my summers actually casting for them. Fast forward a few years, I met my wife, Kyla. Her family is full on just musky nuts, her dad and her two brothers. And from there, that would have been about 12 years ago, that started the journey to where I am today. And I'm definitely knee deep in the, the musky world. Well, let's talk about your wife, Kyla, because she is a hardcore musky lady and uh she also runs uh bobby's uh sport shop in vermilion bay yeah that's correct so she her and her family have been in the fishing world their whole lives her family has worked at tourist camps her mom was a cook at a tourist camp up in ear falls area for a number of years i did some guiding up there her brothers and her dad did some guiding kyla did some guiding she was a teacher by trade and one summer, because the teachers got the summer off, she got an opportunity to work in Bobby's sports shop. And that's just another passion of hers is the fishing. And it, it ties right into the teaching. She loves to teach people about really any aspect that she can you know, offer help on. So she worked in the sports shop and that turned into uh, be there every time she had a day off. So that worked good. And then as the owners went into selling, the new owner asked if she would stay on and manage not only the sports shop, but the complete gas station convenience store. So she runs the whole show there now, but through all that, her true passion there is Bobby sports shop. Oh, that's, that's great. So uh, if you're in Vermilion Bay, you know where to find her. Yeah, she's there pretty much every day, nine to five. And if she's not out front, she's probably got her head into the computer and the bookwork in the back. And, and <laughs> I know she doesn't always like that part of it. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's transfer over to the fishing part of it. Uh, spring's coming up. Uh, we're going to get rid of some ice pretty early this year. When do you think it might go, Glenn? Well, in the Dryden area, there's been guys in the boats already. I know down in Rainy River, guys have been walleye fishing on the river. One of my buddies was out at Bear Narrows on Eagle Lake, which is a popular walleye spot. And because of the current, it's already open. But beyond that, I think we're looking at probably the latter half of April, we're gonna be open for sure. So that's gonna allow people that wanna get out early, a pretty good jump on the season. 
explain the rules in northwestern ontario about what's open and what isn't okay so right now walleye will be open until i believe it's the 15th of april and that's generally for ice fishing season and then it closes until the third saturday in may so even if we have ice out you still can't fish for walleye but northern pike and bass are open so that's those would be the species that we would target and i think that's what you want to kind of discuss a little bit today yeah i, I got really excited to prepping for this show glenn because i thought back of all the early spring adventures i have and on the hooked uh, website you could just do a search for pike and you'll find all these articles on spring pike and from a variety of different authors and it's it's really interesting to see all the different opinions of where to find spring pike so if if you were going to go out as soon as the ice is off what would what would you do what would be your strategy glenn well it'll be twofold so just to kind of back up a little bit as we go out in the early spring and we're on a lake that does have a population of muskie we as muskie angler anglers i have to be very careful where i try to target fish because i don't want to target muskie and as you're targeting pike as, as you probably well know it's that muskie and pike overlap in the spawning areas it can be real tricky on on targeting the correct species so that being said, we're probably gonna go out and target some of the lakes that don't have a musky population. So on those lakes, I'm thinking smaller, generally smaller lakes in our area. And as we go out early season like that, I'm gonna be looking to the, the weedy bays, the shallow weedy bays, typically with a sandier bottom. And probably about right now is when I would expect the big pike to be in. So as soon as ice out, happens generally the pike have already spawned in our area and are starting to move out or they're right in that transition period between the spawn and, and post spawn so i'd be looking for those spawning bays and try and and try and target the bigger pike either at the mouth of those bays or the mouth of the creeks for me i, I don't really have any interest trying to catch those smaller males that are going to be back inside those weedy bays i'm looking for the bigger ones on the on the outside edges well, that's a, I hope the listeners take what you just said in because that is a real key. Um, for me, the two key spots in early season pike are a little deeper water on uh, kind of on the front of the bays, not the be shallow back weedy stuff. Like that's where the, like you said, the male pike are in, or if you got a warm water inflow coming, um, that can really hold a lot of bait fish and that can really attract some big pike. I know a couple creeks that I fish in Lake of the Woods where the water's just pouring in warm water and those pike really start stacking in there and you can have a lot of fun catching them. But I want to talk about this a little bit because a lot of people don't understand that sometimes in the spring, the pike can be really scattered depending on, you know, weather conditions, right? They can be scattered. They can be suspended. They can be a little difficult to find. I mean, they're not always in you know easy to identify spots do you find that i would say that that is true i just think that's a bit of a misnomer for people that fish for pike in general people think that you can go into those back ends of those bays and just catch pike but you're always catching those little quote unquote hammer handle pike people that target big pike they realize that that's not where big pike are and and in the early season, those big pike are always moving in and out of those spawning areas. And I think big pike 
much like big muskies, they realize where the dangers are and where they're vulnerable and they try to keep out into those deeper edges. So I totally agree with you. I think they can be a little bit harder to find, but I think if your strategy is stay out, out in front of those spawning areas or those spawning creeks or find those key current areas, like you're talking about with the creeks, like we have the one lake Canyon Lake where the water flows into it from Indian Lake chain. That's always a popular spot in the spring. And unfortunately there's musky there as well. So there's going to be musky pike and walleye spawning in those or creek spawning in those same areas. So you have to be a bit careful, but that warm water coming in, that's just a key area. And if you can find those deeper edges where that warmer water is mixing with the cool water, I think those are key spots to target. Further to that, I remember a show up in uh, Northern Alberta I was doing with Perry McCormick, who was really an avid fly fisher and we're in this big, back bay well guess what you know we were catching all the smaller males the the bigger females had long vacated so we went out to the main lake and there was this big uh, this big flat on kind of the north end of the lake and then we saw all these dimples from um uh, there was an insect hatch going on and then you could see a little blurp with a whitefish or cisco or whatever it was coming up and you know eating the mayflies so we put down the husky jerks down and we ended up catching big pike and big walleye just just from that simple thing you know they were out there feeding on that was their preferred forage in that lake so they were going to be there right well i think that holds true everywhere you, yeah. you find where they're going to feed and when it doesn't matter what species it is when they're post-spawn they're going to take a little bit of time to recover and then they're going to feed and pike especially big pike like big musky when they're done spawning they're going to go out and they're going to feed on the most rich food source that they can and in a lot of cases yeah it'll be that cisco whitefish sucker type of forage okay so uh you've done your homework you, you figured out where some of the fish are now glenn how are you going to catch them well for us we're going to probably approach it with a musky mindset only because i think for us it's twofold we're going to be out there trying to get ourselves prepped up for the musky season and we, if we're fishing a lake a little bit later after ice out and we're fishing for pike and or bass, because I think that's another subject I'd like to touch on okay. because it ties right into my musky fishing. But if we're out targeting pike and I want to target some bigger pike and we're casting those deeper edges, I'm going to use probably small rubber. So mini medusas, maybe a Lake X toad, uh, Bondi Royal Orba stuff that I can count down and I can rip pull. And I know that's a, not really a, a Northern Pike tactic, but from our musky world, that allows me to get down into those slightly deeper areas where, like you said, on the flats where there might be pike out in that 20 foot area, we can get those baits down 10 or 12 feet, rip them back in, or we're gonna use spinner baits and cast those deeper edges of of whatever emergent weeds we can find or from historical data where we know, you know, known weed edges might be. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. And further to that, I even with, with the soft plastic, whether it, uh, you know, be a boot tail or whatever, um, we like to let them sink, especially if the pike are inactive and then just twitch them, you know, rip it a little bit up off the bottom and then let it sit back down then rip it a bit off the bottom, let it sit back down. And I've had some tremendous success doing it that way. Yeah, I would totally agree. Again, because we're not primarily pike fishermen or bass fishermen, we're using a bit of a, a modified approach. And if we're on a lake where we know there's muskies, 
we can use that as uh, almost like a preseason scouting. So if we're targeting pike and we start and we know that muskies are going to spawn a little bit later than pike. So if, if the big pike have moved out of those back bays, there's a good chance that the big muskies are pre-staging to go into spawn. So we may, may enter, intercept some of those big muskies. And for us, that's a good key that we know, okay, where are these big fish going to be for the opening of muskie season? So we're always looking at it, coming at it from a couple different angles. We're always using pike fishing early in the season as, as you know, gear up figure out what it is we're going to do. And we're also looking to see where we might see some musky activity. Nice to have that luxury, Glenn. <laughs> well, it is. And <laughs> it's, you, it's hard to take the musky angler out of, out of us because that's, that's where we live. So we use that preseason and to take it one step further, if we're at the end of May, beginning of June, which in Northwestern Ontario is pretty close to the bass spawning time, we love to get out and do some smallmouth bass fishing. Again, we use it as almost a preseason scouting for muskie because a lot of times where those bass are spawning, there's going to be muskies around. And again, where there's bass spawning, the muskies are going to be close because that bass can be a food source for a muskie as they start to congregate to, to spawn. So we're always coming at it with two different approaches. Yeah, that's a, that's a great. When does muskie season open? third Saturday in June. So for us up in, in our area in Northwestern Ontario, it's a long wait. We look through the social media and the guys down in Wisconsin and Illinois are already fishing and Southern Ontario opens almost a month before us. So it can be a long wait for us up here. So we, we try to do everything we can to be as, as prepped up and as ready as we can. And, and that's the beauty of having the ability to go pike fishing and bass fishing early. Glenn, let's talk about your guide service. Um, when did, when did you start guiding and how can people find out and, and book you? Well, I started not long after I met Kyla and we started doing some guiding up on long-legged Lake in Northwestern Ontario up by Ear Falls. That's kind of where I got the passion for the guiding side of, of muskie. And I guided a little bit of walleye and pike and, and other species, but excuse me, as I got more into musky fishing, I'm, I just, I love the approach of the teaching somebody how to hunt for muskies. I think a lot of people that are hunters and musky anglers, they compare the two because you're truly hunting for muskies on the water. Anybody that's done it knows that. So I like taking people out and if I can get somebody on their first musky, that's just a feeling that you see it in somebody's face when they finally hoist the musky out of the net. So that's where the passion for the guiding came from. And as Kyla started doing more at Bobby Sports Shop and I started to get a little bit busier in the musky world, I started guiding for a couple of the local camps and I was just doing just part-time because I have a full-time job in the logging industry. So the, the guiding was just a nice little kind of a side hustle. And three... Three years ago, I got to the point where it was almost too busy. I didn't have any family time or any private time to myself. So it's finding that balance in it. And right now, I, I try to limit myself to about 20 days of guiding a year. So I let people know that my dates are going to be limited, but I will try and, and fit in as many people as I can. So it's, it's a balancing act between family work and guiding. 
Talk a little bit about the uh, 54 bust. I, I understand you have a new line of clothing. Yeah. So I, my guide service is called 54 bust and the 54 comes from the legal musky size in most of the major lakes in Ontario. It has to be 54 inches or larger to keep it, which nobody keeps a musky anymore. It's throughout the musky world it's strictly catch and release and with the replicas that you can get made now there's absolutely no reason to keep a fish but the the legal limit is 54 so i branded myself as 54 bust and it's a little i guess a play on words because as musky guys were always after that that legal fish and in northwestern ontario that's a pretty tough benchmark to hit i haven't hit it personally so we started 54 bus pretty well. All my socials are branded as 54 bus. So it's real easy to find me. I got a YouTube page, 54 bust. And this year I'm going to be super active on YouTube. So I would tell anybody just go on YouTube and search 54 bust and you'll find me. And I have tons of lake specific info and tips and tricks all through the summer. I plan to, to be pretty much on the water four to five days a week with on the water tips. And it won't be just musky as we're out for pike and bass in the early season. We'll include that. But back to the clothing, I tried to get a cool logo going for probably two years now. And we just never felt that I had something that I was real confident with. And this past fall, I was able to come up with a logo and I did make it myself and I designed it myself. So I'm pretty proud of it. And the five and the four above the four bust has in the negative space, it's the cutout of a muskie. And I will include the picture for the cover of this podcast with my watermark. So the listeners can kind of see that as well. And if anybody searches through my socials, it won't take you long to find a link to either order some of it, or at least check out some of the stuff we have right now. We've been selling hats, toques, beanies, and I have a line of hoodies and t-shirts coming and we'll be doing some more as the summer kind of comes on to us. Well, Glenn, uh, congrats on all the uh, success you've been having and uh, your great work and your great writing. Thanks again for your contributions to Hook Magazine. And uh, boy, I look forward to uh, one day, hopefully getting in the boat with you. Uh, I know you're a really busy guy, but uh, hopefully the, all these restrictions loosen up and uh, and it's a great fishing season in northwestern Ontario. So, Glenn, thanks very much for coming on the show. I appreciate it very much. And I hope all the listeners get something informative from this and, and all your podcasts, because I think you're uh, doing a very good job there. And I look forward to listening to them as you post them as well. Glenn, we're going to have you back on just before the muskie season to get everybody primed up for that. You OK with that? Absolutely. And I'll tell the listeners to look for the next Hook magazine because the next article is going to be a continuation of our discussion today. It'll be kind of the transition between pike bass and then into musky season. So I think the, the listeners and the readers will get something interesting and informative out of that too. All right, Glenn. Thanks so much. Take care. Okay, thanks, John. Have a good day. Thanks for tuning in. Visit hookedmagazine.com to subscribe to The Complete Angler and never miss an episode.